0: podcasting from the star group home of the iconic dressable lions this is beyond the known the podcast that takes you a step beyond what you know about business i'm your host paul m newberger president of the star group on today's episode of the beyond the known podcast our guest is chris wise local managing chair of the c12 group it's a christian peer advisory group that equips ceos and business owners to build great businesses for a greater purpose Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Paul. I'm glad to
1: be here. This is great.
0: Outstanding. Wonderful to have you. So C12, what the heck is that all about?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question, right? It's a letter and a couple numbers and what's it all about? So C12, the C12 group actually started about in 1992, so about 28 years ago by Buck Jacobs. And the C stands for Christian and the 12 stands for the amount of CEOs or business owners or business leaders that come together and like you said in the introduction in a peer advisory panel. We call it a board. So they can do the iron sharpens iron type of attitude and and really develop an, an opportunity for trusted advisors to speak into their lives because you know this, you talk to people all the time. It can get lonely at the top. And that's not just a cliche. It really is true because there's very few people once you become a top executive that you can really talk to about what's going on in business.
0: How did you get involved with C12? I mean, I've been blessed to call you a friend for the past year or so, and yeah. you're a very talented guy.
1: Of all the things that you could be involved with, why this organization? Yeah, that's a long story. I call it a God incident, but it depends how much time you want. I can go way back or what do you think in there, Paul? Indulge us, man. All right, so the great thing is I, I'm local, right? I grew up in Wisconsin, small town called Mayville, 4,000 people, it really was like Mayberry. I was able to go out in the day, ride my bike around with my buddies, and my grandma would scream my name and I would come home for supper. She didn't quite have a a dinner bell, but that's about what it was. And because of circumstances, my mom and dad were divorced when I was early, but I got to spend summers with him in Cleveland, Ohio. And he was in construction, so I've been in most of the high-rises in downtown Cleveland. So I got to really work the school year in this small town and have the opportunity to be exposed to kind of big city life in Cleveland, which just exposed me to the opportunity of, hey, you better try something different. Put yourself out there and don't be afraid. So that led to a couple different types of jobs growing up, uh, getting involved in, in high school, whether it be student government or other clubs. I went to University of Wisconsin-Green Bay as advertising manager for the newspaper up there, and that just led into... Me starting my own internship in an organization there after I graduated with a marketing degree, turned into a job and did that for a little while, but thought there was another opportunity out there. So I got involved in pharmaceuticals, which led me to Southern Illinois. And Paul, I don't know if you know this, but in Southern Illinois, they say honey, sugar, y'all. And I didn't know they did that in Illinois. So it was a fun experience. I was there for a little while, based out of Louisville. So I got to see different parts of the country, was promoted up to a more academic type environment. So I went to Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. So I was there for about five years launching new products, pharmaceutical products, then went back to the Chicago area, did some initial training for the brand new hires that came in, came out of there, managed five states, did that for another five years. So lots of moves, had the opportunity to come back to Wisconsin, did so. We had three kids at the time and uh, it was a great time to come back. You know, see grandparents be a little bit closer to home. And after doing that for a little while, had uh, a unique opportunity for a husband wife owned a packaging company, and they wanted to work on the business instead of in the business. So I actually was the president of a packaging company focused on innovation for about four and a half years. So did that. I grew the company with more equipment, more people, which meant, more equipment and more people and more problems and more capital, and they wanted to go a little bit of a different way into licensing and trademarks and intellectual properties. Something that was fantastic, but it was just one of those necessary endings. Still love them, still great, but it was time for me to do something different. Through a couple different organizations, one is a board I was on, I met Martin, who happens to be the managing chair for Central Wisconsin with C12. So he's in the Madison Market in Wausau, and went to one of his meetings came home from that meeting and explained it to my wife. And as wives often do, I know you married up. as Way up. (laughs) Way up. As did I. She basically said, oh, so that's what God's been preparing you for the last 20 years to do. And she made it abundantly clear that every experience that I've had is leading to this point. How big is C12? Yeah, it's actually worldwide. So there are over 110 managing chairs across the United States and the world. We work with over 2,500 CEOs, business owners, business leaders, and every month, these business owners come together and really work on their business, talk with each other, explore opportunities, and sharpen the saw.
0: So obviously, you know this better than most people, not only based on what you do now, but also through your background that... One of the most precious commodities anybody can have, let alone a business executive is time. Mm -hmm. There's only so many hours in the day and I've been in my basement trying to make 27 hours a day. (laughs) I haven't done it yet. I'm trying to figure that out. Why should individuals prioritize C12? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. And that's one of the biggest questions we get. And the answer to that question really is a heart issue as well as a business issue. Because if you don't do anything different, You're not going to get different results so if you don't take time to take a step back and what we actually call in c12 is a business sabbath or be able to really take some time away from the day to day and say okay what's the bigger purpose here what's my bigger mission how can i do things better how can i put other people in my life other strong business leaders to do things differently to get the outcomes that i want right and if you don't take the time and step back and and do that you're going to be doing the same old thing day after day, month after month, year after year, and and expect different results. But if you don't do anything, that's that cliche, right? The uh, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's why business leaders need to prioritize C12. So of all of
0: the individuals associated with C12, and I know this could probably be lengthy answer as well, but could you share with us maybe one or two success stories that
1: you've witnessed personally? thanks to the facilitation of the C-12 organization? Yeah. So there's a couple going on right now. So we just had our meeting last week and I'm working with a owner of a trucking company and he is a serial entrepreneur, been in a couple different industries, has grown this trucking company, but he's a doer, right? He's a guy that wants to jump in and make things happen. So unfortunately he had an over-the-road trucker that suddenly quit and he had a A route that was that needed to go to the East Coast and in years past he would have simply jumped in the truck and and done that and it's because of conversations that we've had about him being a leader of his organization instead of just a doer in the organization that he was able to take a step back and actually put somebody else in that position make some calls coordinate so he could still be in his business looking after more sales helping, you know, the rest of the organization thrive instead of just jumping in that truck and going to the East coast. So that's just a recent success of the way that C12 has been able to jump into his life to build a different type of organization that he probably wouldn't have thought about three, four months ago.
0: One of the things that I think I like about C12, because it's taken me a while to learn this lesson on my side. But the peer-to-peer interaction, Mm. your ability to learn from other people that are in a similar situation, your ability to learn from individuals that have gone through what you've gone through, that is a very powerful value-add proposition, I would say. For individuals maybe that don't talk to their peers a lot, for individuals that maybe don't spend a lot of time reaching out to other business executives, C-suites, other individuals that do what they do and different organizations. Why is that a missed opportunity? Why is that peer-to-peer interaction so vitally important?
1: It's absolutely critical because you only know what you know. And I like to think about it this way. As a business owner, as a business leader, you're responsible for hundreds of things, maybe thousands of things. I'm a simple guy. I break it down to 10, right? Of those 10 things, six you were born to do. You absolutely love to do those six things. The next two, you can fake pretty well. So you're up to eight out of 10, all right, you got 80%. The last two, you have no clue. Now that maybe that's a little bit far in an over exaggeration, but what you have to do is you have to trust somebody else. You have to pay somebody else to do that and you have to delegate those responsibilities. But as a leader, you need to make sure that you have an idea a hundred percent of all those ten things. What C twelve offers is an opportunity, or it's not just C twelve, it's any interaction with somebody else in, in another C-suite, another business leader, another organization their six may be your two, where you are deficient and you're just like, man, I don't know what to do here. That person can speak into your life. That's what they were born to do. That's what they love to do. They are going to be excited about sharing those things with you and making you a better person. If you're not reaching out to other people that are sitting in your seat, you're missing out.
0: So outside of potentially joining C12, let's say somebody's listening to you say this and, by golly, that's a great idea. I'm going to spend this afternoon reaching out to some of my peers and other organizations. Yeah, What would they say? Chris, you got me excited. Give me some ammo now. How would you recommend they reach out to these individuals? What should they potentially say to try to get these individuals to have a conversation with them? Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because so many times you believe that you need to offer something to somebody else. And to me, the greatest thing about leaders is they want to make other people better great leaders want to make other people better that's why they're leading organizations a great way to do that is simply be vulnerable and really ask for some help and assistance very seldom in my life when i've actually been humble and approached somebody and asked them for some assistance on a particular project were they unwilling to help now be very specific on what you're asking i'm struggling with product development I know that you've done a great job in developing products. We're in non-competing industries. How have you done that and seen it to be successful? And many times they'll they'll say, hey, let's see if we can spend some time and break that down. Because they want to share. Because they've made mistakes. And most people really don't want to see people make the same mistakes they made. Bit of
0: a tough question here for you. I'd love to see Uh-oh. how you, uh, you, you're on the Beyond that's, the Known podcast, my right. brother. That's what happens. Let me take a drink of water. Please then. do. So while you're uh, <laughs> replenishing there. I guess my thought is because you hear this a lot and I do public speaking and I talk to C-suite executives on a regular basis as well. And I'm fascinated by this based on your background. I would love
1: your insight. Are good leaders born or are good leaders made? The answer is yes. I think there's an innate ability for people to lead if they want to. And everybody is a leader. And You can take a, I think it's actually in your book when you talk about your wife, when you married up, right? And when she took a step back from the working environment, being actually paid and working in the working environment in home and being a stay-at-home mom, you're a leader there. Absolutely. You're a leader in every facet of life. So born or made, like I said, the answer is yes. There's this notion that to be a leader, you need to be, in the disc profile, a high D. You have to be extroverted. You have to pound your fist. You have to you know, walk into a room and control it and be able to fire people on the spot. That's in the movies. I think real leaders are people who care about the people around them, who want to make them better. And that's where some of the leadership traits, in my opinion, are learned, so therefore made. But when people are born, they're leaders. They're leaders in some sort of capacity.
0: I'm assuming your answer to this could depend based on the individual in question, but somebody's interested in becoming a better leader. Somebody's interested in growing in their leadership capacities, their leadership traits. What advice would you give them in terms of where to start? Because I believe that can be rather daunting. So we talk about yeah. good leaders potentially being made. All right, I'm gonna start making myself a good leader. Where do I start? What do I do, Chris Wise? Yeah,
1: that's a It's been said that leaders are readers, and I truly believe that. There are all sorts of books out there, and you can gain knowledge. But the opportunity out there isn't just to gain knowledge. The opportunity is to impact other people. And I truly believe that if you want to be a leader, you have to have the mindset of making those around you better. Because when you lead an organization, you want to make sure, at least in my opinion, that you're leaving it in a better situation than when you came in. So working with those people, knowing how to coach people, I think is extremely important. Finding the best ways to get the most out of individuals and pushing them a little bit harder than they think they can be pushed, but they will experience more success and more fulfillment than they ever thought possible. So to answer your question, what can you do? Make sure that you're reading everything you can. Make sure that you're listening to podcasts but don't just read and don't just listen. Make sure that you're implementing some of those things as well.
0: You talk about finding ways to get the best out of your people. Again, logically, makes a ton of sense. How the heck do you do that? I mean, based on your experience, I know you got a lot. I mean, you just rattled off all these things that you've been involved in through C12. I mean, you're sitting with all these high profile leaders as well. Can you give us some practitioner-based advice, even at a high level? about ways that these leaders and business owners can start getting the most out of their people?
1: Well, one of the things to do it is to actually witness how people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, whether they're engineers, how they're working on their projects, if they're salespeople, what are they actually saying, if they're on the shop floor, how they're running the machine, right? So you gotta witness and see what they're doing. Then you look at the you know standard operating procedures, right? What's the SOP that they're supposed to be doing? Are they following that? Are they being consistent? But then you look at that person as an individual, And then you say, how can they do that a little bit better? Prime example is, you know, how you changed kind of the cold call, right? You didn't actually just follow a script. You personalize it to yourself, and that's what you teach other people to do. And that's the same thing as a leader that you need to do with individuals. Now, sometimes if you're a working machine, you want to make sure that there's a standing operating procedure and you're following through. But if there is an opportunity to use those soft skills, you need to make sure that you witness it that you coach it, and then you see how they can implement some of that feedback. So it's a constant and consistent you know, coaching and finding out what motivates those people as well. I think that's one of the cores. And if you can take a big step back, why are they doing what they're doing? What motivates them? Why is this important to them? And if you can tap into that, that becomes all the more reason that they'll want to get a little bit better and see better results.
0: So you're obviously a well-learned individual. You've got some really solid philosophies here. How did you start putting all this together? Were there a particular book or two that made an impact on you? Was there a particular role model or individual whose influence you benefited from? How did Chris Wise become Chris Wise in this regard?
1: Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, Lots of books, and I'm not a disciple, so to speak, of any one book. It's a bunch of books together. One of the books has become highly influential in my life is Trust in the Balance by Robert Shaw. And it's really looking at what are the, the things in your life that combined together create trust? Because I truly believe that when you have trust with an individual, then you can speak into their life like no other, right? If you just think about your own life, if there are people in your life that you don't necessarily trust, you're not going to really implement what they say. You're not going to take it to heart. It goes in one ear and out the other but I bet there's somebody in your life that you absolutely trust, and they've given you a piece of advice along the way, and that hit you in a way that other pieces of advice don't. So working through those things, so just at a high level, so trust and a balance. trust is a combination, it's a multiplier of three different things. Achieving results, demonstrating concern, and acting with integrity. And if you have zero of either any of those three, then you're, there's really no trust. And so when you demonstrate concern for people, you truly love them in a way to make them better. And they know that the feedback you're giving them is about making them better. They'll take that to heart. If you act with integrity, I mean, do what you say you're going to do. That goes a long way because as a leader, if you say one thing and do something else, they're going to see that disconnect, which gets down to kind of core values of an organization and a leader. And last but not least, actually, it's first and foremost is getting results. Because right? if you have somebody that you're talking to that has never seen success, it's kind of like, really, is this good advice? So if you can get those results and show that if you follow this advice, if you do these things, not only you become a better person, but you're going to get better results.
0: What are some of the biggest issues facing the leadership community today, and how do we address
1: that? Uncertainty. Right now, absolutely, it's uncertainty. So C12 did a, a large survey of over 500 business leaders, and that was the biggest thing this moment in time was about uncertainty, what to do. That's why it's important to surround yourself with like-minded peers in, even in your industry, but even outside the industry to say, how is this going to impact us? How can we do things differently? And I think the role of a leader is to be clear. To be clear is to be kind. I think it's Brene Brown that kind of coined that, if I'm not mistaken. And that's true with performance reviews. It's true with family members, but you need to be clear about what the expectations are. And right now, uncertainty is on the minds of leaders, but they need to come together and provide that clear direction for themselves and their organizations. And the best way to do that is with with other people that they trust, you know, and they can look to and say, okay, where should we go? And to be vulnerable and to be open and to be honest but to leave that conversation and going out into their organization and being very, very clear.
0: One of the topics with respect to leadership that I'm fascinated the most by is fear Mm -hmm. and just what that emotion can do to individuals. Some people use fear as a barrier. They'll only go as far to the edge of their fear and then they'll stop, they'll recoil from it. Other people use fear is a fuel if it doesn't scare them they don't do it now how they react to fear is amazing how have you dealt with fear in your own life and what lessons could you give to our listeners about how to overcome that in their world
1: so fear can definitely like you said fear can be a motivator and feel can fear can cripple you my methodology when I'm coming against something that is fearful something that is big is to really take a step back and say what's the bigger purpose what's the bigger picture why am I doing this? If I'm afraid of standing railroad track when a train comes, that's good fear, right? I don't want to overcome that fear. Fear has a purpose. Fear is also a risk barometer. So if you are fearful going into a situation, you need to make sure that you're doing your due diligence. Once you do your due diligence, you need to go full steam ahead because as we talk about in C12, priorities are what you do. Everything else is just talk. And important big great things don't come without fear they don't come without obstacles and there's example after example of people who almost gave up but then they didn't they persevered they went they took that next step they leaned into it just a little bit more and that's when they saw that breakthrough
0: is there a particular story relating to fear that inspires you the most either something that happened to you or someone you know personally or something that you're familiar with professionally based on what you just said there?
1: There's numerous stories of people that that I work with and for and some of those I, I can't share. But I'll tell you this. For me, coming into C twelve was a fear. I left a an organization, you know, with an income and going out on my own and growing this business, but being able to have that bigger purpose mm-hmm. and I'll go back to marrying up, right? So if you have a, as you know, one of the best decisions you can make is to marry well. So you're going on this thing called life together with somebody in the same direction. And I came back and it was in that transition where my wife said, you know, Chris, you, you can't cross a, a giant chasm in two small steps. You got to take a giant leap. And that's fear, right? So I don't know how inspiring this is going to be to other people, but the fact is you got to lean into that fear and you have to... And you have to move forward because the purpose is bigger than the tactics, right? You have to realize that there's a reason for the fear and there's a reason that you need to, when you do overcome, it's going to be a great story.
0: Describe to me a little bit the C12 differentiator. I think you're giving us an idea of what the organization is all about. Obviously Mm -hmm. I'm biased. I'm familiar with your group and I think it's a good group. You talk about the peer aspect. I don't believe C12 is the only group that offers that. You talk about the Christian aspect. I don't believe C12 is the only organization that offers that. So obviously there's a lot of good stuff you do, but what is one or two things from what you've been able to see from your experience with C12 that an individual could get with your group that quite frankly, they just can't get anywhere
1: else? Yeah. I like to think about it as like a Venn diagram, right? So you have the kind of three circles and you bring them all together and there's organizations that do great things out there. One of those circles is about business and business results and making sure that you're getting top quality information, best practices, moving the needle, right? So C12 is all about getting results. It's all about action. So you take that circle. You also add this other circle in the culture right now. It's called culture, right? What are you doing around your business culture? At C12, we call it ministry. So how are you creating an opportunity within C12, within this organization of expanding ministry opportunities. That's different in each organization and how that manifests itself. But how are you utilizing the gifts God has given you to expand his kingdom through your business? And then the last part, that third circle, is really that personal aspect. is Where is their life balance? As a leader, many times we focus in on what are we doing with this, but our marriage is falling apart or we haven't seen our kids for months, and that's one of the great benefits of COVID, right? We have an opportunity to come home a little bit, but where's their spiritual life? Where's their walk with God? Where's their rest and relaxation? Where's their fitness and nutrition? These are all things that we look at on a monthly basis. So we look at business because results matter. We look at ministry opportunities. How are we impacting the culture? And that third of how are we Having life in balance. We bring those all together. And instead of being in three separate categories, we try to make them into one big circle as close as we can so somebody can live their true, authentic self. And it doesn't matter if it's Sunday morning or if it's Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. And I know that this
0: mission has resonated with a decent number of people. I mean, C12 is growing for sure. And you talked about this being a worldwide spread. I understand that C12 is looking to get a Milwaukee chapter going. I guess to get some additional information on this, I guess, who would you be looking for to potentially head up that chapter, if you could describe that for us? And for somebody who's listening to this, somebody who's entrepreneurial, somebody who thinks this might be a good move on their part, why would this be a good move for them to consider doing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, we're looking to expand, first of all, by members, right? So people who are running great businesses, but believe there's a greater purpose right now. So they can reach out to me at chris.wise at c12group.com. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I believe you're there, Paul, as well. I think you're on LinkedIn. Once or twice yes. I've checked it out, yes. So we can connect there as far as membership. But I think your question is really looking at how could somebody come alongside C12 and actually manage a board and come together. And really, we're looking for a couple factors. One, somebody that's spiritually mature, right? So they truly believe they've been called to a greater purpose. Two, we're looking at somebody with C-suite experience, somebody who can offer experience and expertise. Not looking at a specific industry, because once you get to that level, it's cross-functional, right? And the third thing is really to make sure that they have a servant's heart, somebody that can teach, somebody that can grow, somebody that wants other people to succeed. We have a very long vetting process. And if people are interested in, in doing that, I can definitely, they can reach out to me and we can get that process started. But we like to really start with their why. Is, uh, why would they even be interested in this? And sometimes that conversation stops and sometimes that's a good conversation starter. And we have multiple dialogues around that.
0: Yeah, it's good advice there. And I know that you're passionate about a number of things. We've already established how you're passionate about leadership, entrepreneurship, family, et cetera. I know you're also involved in a number of organizations. You serve on the Board of Directors for the Family Radio Network, which is a Christian radio network reaching over 4 million listener touches annually. Tell us a little bit more about that. That sounds like an exciting endeavor.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, so for about five years now, I've been on the Board of Directors for the Family Radio Network. We're based in the, not necessarily the Milwaukee market yet, so if there's somebody who wants to sell us a radio station, we may be interested. But based out of Sheboygan... Fond du Lac, Oshkosh, Appleton, Green Bay, Wausau, Central Wisconsin. So multiple radio stations, different frequencies, translators all around the place, really looking to make sure that we're broadcasting the hope and the strength of, of Jesus. And our goal is is simply to make sure that we're creating an environment where people can be comforted and encouraged through music and through some of the programming.
0: I would love to get a better understanding of how you have found your work-life balance. You're married to your high school sweetheart for over 21 years. I know you have four children ranging from 11 to 19. They're very involved in a lot of different stuff. You always look so calm, cool, and relaxed, which I'm jealous about. (laughs) How have you been able to find the work-life balance in your life, and what advice could you give to our listeners that are
1: struggling in that area? Yeah, the advice there is everybody is struggling in that area. The key word there is intentional, being intentional. So one of the things that we look at, and I managed, spoke about a little bit in C12, is really what we call our life balance wheel. So there are a number of things that we look at. And if you're not looking at all aspects of your life, some areas are, you're going to be deficient. One of those might be health and fitness. So you need to make sure that you're taking time to take care of yourself, but not just because you don't want to eat you know, Doritos and, and ice cream, there has to be a bigger purpose, right? So you want to be able to go on walks with your grandkids in the future. You want to be able to see them graduate high school. There's a bigger purpose there. It's like, okay, I can put down that third ice cream bowl, right? And because there's a bigger purpose, right? And the same is true with other aspects of your life. As business leaders, there are seasons. You know If you look at the just the calendar, right? there's spring, there's summer. There's fall and there's winter, and that's true in business as well. So sometimes you're going to be planting. Sometimes you're going to be growing, and that's the springtime. Sometimes you're going to be working really, really hard and toiling and thinking it doesn't matter, but you still are in the grind. And then sometimes you have the falls, right, where you can relax a little bit after the harvest and you can enjoy, you can feast, you can see the rewards of your labor. But then there are also times when there are winter and things get cold. But just remember that when you're going through those seasons, and we've all gone through those seasons and aspects of our life, that spring is around the corner, right? So, for all of you who are listening who are struggling in, in some areas, whether it be family, relationships, whether it be biblical community, whether it be fitness, whether it be personal finance, put effort behind it, but understand where you are right now isn't where you'll always be.
0: You kind of touched on this, but I know you're big into fitness. I know triathlons or Something that you've experimented with in yes, the past, yes. you knucklehead. And that's just insane <laughs> to me, but I give you a lot of credit for that. What would you say to a C-suite executive who just says, I hear you, I'd love to do a triathlon, I'm just too busy, I don't have time for that. Right. What would your
1: rebuttal to that objection be? Well, there's a couple different rebuttals, and it might be maybe you don't have time for a triathlon, but you have time for something. And priorities are what you do, everything else is just talk. If your fitness is truly a priority, you will make time for it. What time do you get up in the morning? What time do you go to bed at night? Can you, can you segment your day a little bit? I know one of our CEOs you know, when I was in pharmaceuticals really worked out at lunchtime, and that was just his rhythm and how he did it. So you need to make sure that if it truly is a priority and you're not just saying that it's a priority, you'll find time to get it done.
0: Now, you've got an interesting hobby, and I want to make sure we discuss this because (laughs) I thought this might come up. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing gets beyond me at Beyond the Known. So one of the things I would just love for you to talk a little bit about is watch collecting. Yes. How did that
1: start? And what does a watch collector actually do? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I am not a watch expert. I am not a timepiece aficionado. I enjoy wearing wristwatches. So I've started a small collection. I have about 20 different pieces that relate to certain aspects and seasons in my life. So prime example is when I got promoted in pharmaceuticals, I bought a vintage doctor's watch, which has a perpetual motion so they could actually take the pulse of the patient. So it's from the the 40s. When I took another position, I actually got this watch right here, which is a U-boat, which is an Italian watch. And I know the listeners can't see this, but it was originally designed as a military watch, and it looks like a canteen for the crown. I um, see that, yeah. So a little bit unique. And I think it, it started actually on my wedding day. So I had always liked watches, but, you know, I couldn't afford anything. And and my wife surprised me with Take Hoyer as a wedding present that our wedding day, and that just kind of kicked it off a little bit. So I don't have exquisite Patek Philippe or, you know— hundred thousand dollar watches i like to i like to go marginal but be able to wear them and have some fun some fun with them
0: see i'm just sitting here wearing my well i don't have my fit but yeah i'm just wearing a watch compared to yeah. yours yeah nothing fancy here but certainly nice to hear some of the backstory that you have there chris and
1: one of my favorite is a timex weekender right so a 50 watch i just think it looks really cool i like it there's some that i get because of the movement there's some that i just hey that's a pretty cool looking watch
0: Yeah. And the way that I like to treat this too, it's not the watch that makes the man, it's the man that makes the watch. You keep telling yourself. I am a trendsetter, Chris (laughs) Wise. Absolutely. And I will keep telling myself that. Thank you very much. So we're at the point of the program right now where we'd like to get a little silly and learn a little Mm. bit more about you. Maybe a little outside the box, outside the norm. So this is our lightning round. And what I've done is I've set aside three questions for you here, Chris. The operative word is lightning. I want to move through this relatively expeditiously, but I'm sure our listeners are curious about how you would answer some of these queries. True. The first one, no. just for you, Chris, what's the weirdest food
1: you've ever eaten? Oh, it's not really weird, but the texture is, and that would be oysters. Yeah, it's, it's not weird. A lot of people eat oysters, but you know, got to throw some Tabasco and uh, horseradish on there.
0: Did you like it, or was it a one and done?
1: Oh, no. I like them. Yeah. It's, but I, on occasion. Okay. Sorry, that's not real exciting.
0: Yeah, you're disappointing us already yeah. here. Boy, I hope these other two are better answers than that one. <laughs> How about this one? If you could hang out with any cartoon character, who
1: would you choose and why? Wow, that's a... Boy, there's like 10 of them running through my head right now. You know, this is... The Lego movie ruined this character, but the Green Lantern, so... You know, he could do anything with that ring. How cool would that be? Like you could just hang out and you could like make a little thing and do that. So I think the Green Lantern would be kind of cool.
0: That would be pretty neat. Well, you're already a superhero for some people. Yeah. So I guess two superheroes <laughs> hanging out, that would make sense. How about this one? Last but certainly not least, if you could be any animal in the world what animal would you choose to be? I'd be a bald eagle.
1: Well, that was quick. Yeah. You've thought about this before, Th- I this guess. Is, that's a much better question. A <laughs> <No. laughs> much better answer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> not, I'm disappointed. Paul not, not, now that you've had some practice, <laughs> the first two were duds.
0: But, okay, so why the bald eagle? I'm curious.
1: Well, I think that you can perch really high. You can fly. You can see everything. You are thought of by humankind as a majestic being from lofty penthouse views from your large nest you look pretty cool with the white head you know and yeah i just think it's it's beautiful and then their talons as they come down grab that big old fish yeah it's just a cool a cool creature
0: i don't know about you i think i'm already thought of as a majestic being okay (laughs) <laughs> we. this is a perfect place to stop before we get a little too silly here but you no, said it was going to be silly I, so. yes i did and, and we lived up to those expectations so yeah so again joined by chris wise chris is the managing chair of the c12 group chris it was fantastic to have you on the program we really do appreciate
1: it thank you paul i appreciate it thank you for having me <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to Beyond the Known with Paul M. Newberger. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-group.com slash podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.